Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Life Coach D coming at you with the Live series. And today's subject matter is called What in the World? It's such an amazing time right now with all kind of craziness going on in our country and world. I thought it very necessary to bring this message where I simply want to ask you, what in the world is going on? I'll be back to dig deeply in the subject. Musical credit to the incredible Kiera Sheard. Stay tuned. A people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Marcus Garvey. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Life Coach D coming at you and I definitely want to tackle the subject and or ask the question, what in the world? Typically what I'm saying is what is going on right now? What is happening to our society, our country? We are less than 30 days from our election and it is some craziness going on. So typically in the midst of mayhem, confusion, discombobulated situations, there's noise. And I say all the time, don't pay attention to the noise because in the midst of all of that noise is a very clear direction and very clear understanding. And so with that being said, I want to tackle this subject today so that it inspires one to really, really challenge themselves to ask what's going on. I'll be back. Liberate the minds of men, and ultimately, you will liberate their bodies. Marcus Garvey. So let me start off by saying, wake up, people. What do I mean? It is time for us to wake up and see exactly what's going on. Now, I know it's spoken very cliche. I'm woke, you woke, he's woke, she woke. And pretty much a, a lot of that has come to the surface here in the last maybe five, 10 years, where it's pretty much, you know, acknowledging the African-American community to wake up and see what's going on. And so I say this as a whole, wake up, wake up politically, wake up spiritually, wake up to what is going on, wake up to the things that have been taught to us, wake up to systemic issues that we have ignored, wake up to why we are dealing with the exact same things that we're facing right now because of issues that have been unsettled. The next thing I would say is pay attention. Pay attention to what you might ask. Pay attention to everything that is going on. Politically, red, blue, black, white, up and down. Pay attention, why? Because there's very, very clear things going on. There's agendas going on on all parts. But when you wake up and you pay attention and you stand at attention, which basically means you're alert, you're aware of what's going on, then you will begin to see things that is actually happening. And so I'm not telling anybody which way to go or how to go, but what I am saying is if you're always at attention and you're paying attention, there's things that you won't be caught slipping on. Um, they won't catch you sleeping because you're paying attention to what's going on. The next thing I will say is consult your heart. What does that mean? Search your heart. Your heart is your genesis of communication with the creator. Okay, we're spiritual beings having a physical experience and not the other way around. And so what happens is if you stop and you listen to your heart, you consult your heart, it's going to tell you what to do, how to do it, where to go and in, in, in which way to go. And so I don't think you can go wrong with consulting your heart because that is where God um, resides and you're going to hear the purest of what you need to hear there. So that's my advice. I'm not trying to tell people who to go, where, 
uh, or how to go where, what to do, how to do, how to vote, who not to vote for. That That's not the issue. The issue is if you consult your heart in that place of truth, you're going to find truth. And from there, you will go exactly where you need to go as your own individual person. But I do do encourage you to consult your heart because this is what we need to. Everybody needs a heart check every now and again. And we are definitely in a place where we need to consult our heart. The next thing I would say is do your own work. Do your own research, do your own investigation, and don't allow ignorance to be an option for you. What does that mean? I, pretty, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. When you do your own investigations and you're researching for yourself, you're not necessarily listening to news, but you're using news outlets and media outlets to help form some type of opinion so that you can go and do your own research. I would empower anybody to do that. I say all the time that ignorance is willful. Ignorance is in a choice, excuse me, ignorance is a choice in, in a day and time like now where I can literally talk to a mechanism I have in my house by saying, hey Google. And when I say that, they're gonna say yes and respond to any question I have. And so same thing with Siri, so, you know, all these different things, Alexa, you can get the research, um, excuse me, you can do the research to get the answers you're looking for if you actually do it. So ignorance at this point in life and time in 2020 is, is a choice and ignorance is bliss. So please do your own research, your own work, your own investigation so that you can come to a concrete solution for you and conclusion for you. Not necessarily for anybody else because life is individual. Life is about what we need to do individually. Obviously, we live collectively as a whole and decisions I may make may affect those around me. But for the most part, when we make our decisions and we're thinking about things, it's for us as individuals. So please do that. And the last thing I will say in this uh, segment is stop looking for a boogeyman that's hiding behind the shadows. It is some amazing things that's going on. If I can specifically speak to what's going on politically, every time you turn around, there are some type of conspiracy theory. Oh, well, there's pornography rinks going on or there's swamps that need to be cleaned out. It's all of this stuff that's going on. And what I would say is in consulting your heart, you're going to find out whether or not there's a real boogeyman or not. What I can tell you as a, a man of faith, there's a real devil. There's a real Satan. And I'm not talking it um, from the perspective of the quote unquote white Jesus and certain aspects and uh, sections of Christianity that's been taught to us from a white perspective. I'm talking straight up. Do you believe in a creator? And a God, if you believe in God, you have to know that the devil is real. So in the midst of all of the noise, going back to that, there's where the boogeyman is and all of what I would call distraction. So be very careful looking for some boogeyman or some type of situation, uh, particularly where supposedly somebody is trying to stop the one world government and somebody stopped trying to trying to stop everything that's going on behind the scenes. What I do know as a man of faith that the Bible is real end times are coming. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's not one person that can stop that. So please stop looking for the boogeyman. Search your own heart. Seek diligently and earnestly the God of, of your creation. And I guarantee you all boogeymans will be exposed and truth will be right there before you. Okay, I'll be back. I love America more than any other country in this world. And exactly for that reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. James Baldwin. Next, let me say that America has been horrible in so many ways to so many, but America can find its soul again if it begins to search for it. There are several things that was written and promised in the Constitution to the United States, but those of us who are very aware of this country's history and its inception understand that that stuff was not necessarily written 
to African Americans in this country. But once again, we have evolved to something different and we can find our soul if we look for it, okay? We need to find our soul again. But understand that when we do this, motives, goals, and intentions will be revealed. And sometimes this is not always what we want to know and or see, but it will be revealed. And this is helpful because in the midst of this, it is still a part of us doing that soul searching that we need to do. The next thing I will say here is choose to live on the right side of history. A lot of decisions are being made right now where people are standing their ground. They're um, actually drawing their land, uh, their, excuse me, lying in the sand and they refuse to move. But I encourage you to live on the right side of history. I'll be back with eight ways that we can do this. Here are eight things that are essential for living on the right side of history. Number one, exercise your right to vote. I don't care who you vote for, how you vote, make sure you do it. As an African-American in this country, my ancestors were killed for the right to vote. So I encourage everybody to get out there and exercise that right. The next thing is be intentional. Be intentional in your actions, your thoughts, and your deeds. It makes a difference. Number three, be aware and not aloof. We make a decision to not be conscious of what's going on around us and aware, excuse me, uh, and aloof, being aloof, just kind of unaware. That's a choice. So be aware and not aloof. Next, be conscious. Make sure that your consciousness is completely uh, uh, alert and that you're paying attention to everything that's going on so that you're not caught off guard. The next thing is be constructive, not destructive. Make sure that everything you do builds up. It makes a difference. It helps. It motivates, motivates and inspires and encourages. It doesn't destroy. It doesn't tear down. Okay. The next one is um, be real and not religious. Religion is for a certain time. It has its place, but being real should exist in your everyday living. Okay. The next thing is be productive and not distractive. Make sure you're paying attention. You're putting things together. You're constantly making moves. You're being productive in everything that you're doing because if you're not, you're distracted and distraction is the, the destruction of your destiny slowed down. So make sure that you are productive and not distracted. Last but certainly not least, don't have fruitless conversations. And as a side note, I'll say that you can't argue with ignorance. Make sure that your conversations are building up. Make sure your conversations are conversations where you can walk away and agree to disagree. But make sure that your conversations overall aren't conversations where you're just wasting your time. It ends up being a yelling match. You're talking at the person instead of with them. You're not agreeing to disagree and it's just fruitless because it goes nowhere fast. Okay. When people show you who they are, believe them. Dr. Maya Angelou. Here's a few other things on living on the right side of history that I wanted to share. Number one, we have to make a choice to find truth, to seek truth, and to seek truth from the creator. This is ultimately where we're gonna find balance. Sometimes the truth hurts, but we need to seek it. That's where we must live in order to be real with ourselves and others. The next thing is we need to make racists go back in the closet again. It is amazing how these people have been emboldened to say what they want to say and do what they want to do. The fortunate part about it is at least we know where they are. We can size them up, but we need to make this whole notion that they can do whatever they want to do 
uncomfortable again and they can go back where they came from. What I can say is when people show you who they are, believe them, which is one of my favorite quotes from Maya Angelou, which I'm glad we know who they are, but we did make this thing not as popular as it once was. Next, on that note, I want to say this. Remember, this is a different time and black folks in this country are different people. We're not our ancestors. And so we're not just going to take some of the stuff that's being dished out from people right now. And so this is not a threat, uh, more so than I'm not hoping for a civil war. I'm not inciting a civil war. I'm, I don't want war at all. However, we're just not who our ancestors were. Uh, people are not afraid. People will stand up for what's right and stand up for themselves and stand up for them lives. So, excuse me, stand up for their lives. And so I hope that it doesn't get there. That's why we, we, we need to make some of the things that's been emboldened embarrassing again and make people go back to where they came from crawl back under the rocks that they came out from under because a lot of people are just not gonna take some of the things that's being uh put out there and the last thing i need to say and i want to say on this notice we need to speak truth to division and we do this simply by exposing those who are the author of such division i can say you to you unequivocally when the president of the United States refuses to denounce white supremacy until two or three days later when he's confronted and asked, when he won't say certain things and he won't speak certain things, he is a part of division. And if I could use a biblical quote, the Bible says one of the seven things that God hates is division amongst the brethren. And so we're watching this right now every day. So in order for us to really, really get past this, we need to expose the authors of those who are causing division. I'll be back. The preamble to the United States Constitution is as follows. It says, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. So as you guys heard me just quote, the preamble to the Constitution of the United States, I wanted to further this conversation a little bit more. So there's a quote, very famous quote by Henry Kissinger, and it says, America has no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, just interest. And what makes that statement so interesting is that it leads every aspect of this country. So once again, one would want to believe that everything is all aligned everything is great there's no such thing as systemic racism or, or systemic issues and it goes back to my very cynical question which is the title of this podcast what in the world what in the world is going on what in the world makes you think that what we're seeing is not real what in the world makes you think that when people say things like oh there's no such thing as systemic issues of race or whatever that i believe that this whole country was based on a system of class and the have and the have nots i must say that when it's talking about we the people and posterity and, and, and freedoms and liberties, it was literally talking about the white men in America being equal to the white men of England. It had nothing to do with black people. We were considered human at that point. We were considered property. And so I just wanted to make that distinction that America has no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, just interest. And this country is based on interest all over the place. With that being said, I wanna talk a little bit about responsibility and accountability. We deserve this country's governmental operations to be responsible for
for all us being created and treated equally. And the very moment we don't hold them accountable to the promises that this country has given. So let, let me say this. So the Constitution that was written had nothing to do with black people. But if I fast forward to the ratification of, of the Constitution in the 60s, as it pertains to the 13th, 14th, 15th and 16th, 17th Amendment, that had nothing to do with economics. It only spoke about the existence of black people and us, quote unquote, being treated equally, whatever, whatever. But it must be mentioned, it had nothing to do with economics. So as it pertains to responsibility and the responsibility that this country owes to its constituents, us as people, the government work for us, not the other way around. They don't get to be in their positions outside of us. So we have a duty and an obligation to hold them responsible for what it is that they're supposed to do as it, as it pertains to equality for us. As it pertains to accountability, we also need to hold them accountable to their words. And it's been a lot of things that's been going around here lately. And one of the things that a lot of very prominent African-Americans have been saying is we're not just going to give the Democrats our votes. And once again, I'm not telling people how to vote, where to vote, when to vote. But we do know that for years, Democrats have always taken for granted the black vote. They've always counted on it. But it's a new day. As I said in my segment before, we are not our ancestors. People are more intelligent. People are more aware. This country is changing its dynamic. And so we can't operate under any old mindsets without realizing that this country has changed. So there is an accountability that we have to hold our, our public officials too. And so we have to be response there. I mean, there's responsibility and there's accountability. And with both of those, we are actually and should be challenged to hold our federal government to these things, put their feet to the fire to make them do what they need to do to stand up for the promises of this country. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. James Baldwin. Along those lines with responsibility and accountability, let me say this. As a black person, I'm saying you brought me here outside of my will and now you have to deal with me. I get so sick and tired of people saying because I'm actually holding America accountable to its promises, that if I have something to say about it, as it was um, quoted earlier, I choose to hold America accountable perpetually to, to the things that it's, it claims to be. I get so sick and tired of people saying, well, if I don't like it, then leave. Go back to where I came. And I've said this before. Well, I can go back to Pontiac, Michigan on Johnson Street at General Hospital where I was born. But there's no go back to Africa. I'm not from there. Although those are my descendants and ancestors, I'm from Pontiac. Okay, so what happens when I go back to Pontiac? And all that is, is this. They're trying to silence us from saying, listen, the hypocrisy that this country was based upon is we're calling it out. The lies that have been told, the his story that continues to be told and not the real history. We're holding you to it. So when people say, hey, well, if you don't like it, leave. All you're saying is we don't like the fact that you're challenging what's going on here and you're holding us accountable. You're holding this country accountable to the things it's promising. So what you say to that is, well, you could just leave. It's a new day. I'm here. You got to deal with me. If you don't like the complaints, you don't have to hear. But I'm going to continue to hold America to the promises that it claims to have for all Americans. I'll be back. It is certain, in any case, 
that ignorance allied with power is the most ferocious enemy justice can have. James Baldwin. So as I begin to end this podcast, I want to change directions just a little bit. And just like I quoted earlier, um, I love this country more than anybody else. That's why I choose to criticize it perpetually. I'm going to say this. I love the body of Christ just as much as anybody else. And for that exact reason, being a part of the body, I choose to criticize it perpetually. Let me talk a little bit about pro-life. Pastor Donnie McCurkin was on uh, live the other day, and I was so blessed to hear him speak from a perspective of a man in this country of African descent and not necessarily the minister or the pastor of a church. Because I think people get it misconstrued that just because we are men of faith, that we have to walk in this we have to toe this line of being in a box. And he spoke on the very issues that I've been speaking on for years. I've had people just astonished when I say to them, what do you mean pro-life? I'm pro-choice. Oh my God, I can't believe you say that. It's typically the response I get. And let me explain what I mean. So let's talk a little bit about pro-life. A lot of people uh, in the Christian faith claim to be pro-life, but they could care less what happens after a kid comes into this earth. If you are pro-life, do you care about the infant mortality rate amongst black women in this country? That's a question. If you're pro-life, do you care about the diagnosis of women who have been told that if they give birth to their baby, there's a chance their baby could die, she could die or both, and so she's faced with the decision of what she should do? Are you pro-life when you look at the people who have food insecurities, homelessness, homeless teenagers, people who can't take care of their babies? I am not saying that I want somebody to go take their their baby's life. So from that perspective, no. And from my own perspective, I'm not for that. But it doesn't matter what I'm for. I am 100% for people having the right to choose. Why am I that? Why would I say that as a man of faith? Simply because Christ, God, gives us the right to choose. He doesn't make us serve him. He doesn't come to us and say, listen, you're going to serve me and I'm going to dictate your life. He gives us free will and free choice. And so for all of the people who are pro-lifers because they want to stand only on one aspect of pro-life, but they could care less about the black community. They could care less about people not having insurance. They could care less about the infant mortality rate, as I spoke, not only amongst black women, primarily amongst black women, but a lot of women who are not able to afford things like prenatal care. You don't care about life. You only care about abortion. And you're standing on a soapbox of one aspect of it, claiming to be somebody who's supposed to follow Christ who stood for injustices. So let me say this, for all of you pro-lifers, I wanna hear you be pro-life across the board. Are you pro-life when black men are getting shot down by police? Are you pro-life when there's very real systemic issues of policing and in, in over-policing in black communities? Are you pro-life then? Are you pro-life when cops have authority that they shouldn't have where they're shooting down innocent white men? So it's not even a black, white issue per se, although statistically black people are dying more and I've seen more white people not get killed than I have seen killed. At the end of the day, that abuse of power is still wrong. Are you pro-life then? See, we got to stop having our own little uh, innuendos of what, what we want to say and don't say. We, If you're going to come scripture, I have a degree in theology. If you're going to come scripture, you better come correct with me because at the end of the day, God gives us a choice. Christ gives us a, a choice whether or not to choose him. So how in the world do we think it's okay to make somebody be dictated by the state from a moral perspective? 
if we were truly salt and light, body of Christ, man and woman of God, let me be specific, certain evangelical people, if we were really who we say we were, we should not be expecting the state to dictate to somebody what they should and shouldn't do. We should be, as Matthew 5 says, salt and light on this earth. So it's a lot of hypocrisy going on. It's a lot of self agendas, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it. It's most people being white before they're believers, and most people being black before they're believers, most people being Hispanic. We can go on every race across the board, but a whole bunch of people are not really believers first. They're really uh, falling under this crazy, these false and these crazy narratives. So as it pertains to pro-choice, I said it before and I'm going to say it again. God gives us the right to choose. He gives us the right to choose who we will serve. He gives us the right to say whether we want him in our lives or not, whether we want, want him to be accepted in our hearts or not. And how dare us sit and try to legally bind somebody. As long as there's laws, there are people that's going to break them. Marijuana, which was illegal forever, people found a way to get high. It was still people smoking weed. So for us to think in, in our very futile minds that if they defund abortion, because it's not like they're going to get rid of it. It's a funding issue. And this is what happened. Why, why people need to not listen to sound bites. They need to go and do their research. They'll defund it, which means they'll pull money out of it. And they'll try to pretty much have it be a, a vacant house. Like if you look at a house, it's a house, a house that's, um, uh, uh, being dis deconstructed, it just stands as a shell. It's just a shell of what it used to be. That's all defunding means. So for people to think that defunding that is going to stop abortions, no, because doctors are still going to perform them, and unfortunately, illegal ones are going to happen. And so, once again, I am not pro that. I'm not saying somebody should go out and kill their baby. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, who am I in my own sin, in my own faults in my own imperfections who am i to go tell somebody what they should or shouldn't do with their own body and the very fact that christ does not make us serve him should serve as a major example to us as believers when we stand on this high horse in judgment on what somebody should and shouldn't do and i said it before until i walk a day in somebody else's shoes how dare i judge their situation i say that to people who want to judge me until you walk a day in my shoes and know where i've come from to know who i am to know who i've become don't judge me and so with that being said I will say again, I am pro-choice. God gives us a choice on whether or not we should choose him or we can or cannot choose him. And I think we do uh, people a grave injustice as quote-unquote believers by making people live under this standard of making the laws of the land dictate to somebody what they should and shouldn't do. This is the last thing I'll say on this. We supposedly left England to start this country because we wanted to escape the tyranny of the Englanders. We wanted to not be made to be Catholic. We wanted the freedom to be able to choose our own religion or whatever. How dare we be hypocritical and go back to wanting to make somebody do something when we left England because we didn't like it. I'll be back. Love takes off masks. We fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. James Baldwin.